Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment, because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door, a leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are, and you need to know who you can trust. Welcome, welcome. As always, we are about to get it started with a cocktail of the day. Y'all already know that I am a tequila girl at heart. And because the spring is upon us, I have a whole little lemonade tequila situation going on because I like to keep it crisp and fresh. Tree, what you got? Okay, Celiance with your lemonade. I am having a dry white sincere and it is good. You know, when the weather gets warmer, I like to chill down with some wine. So uh, that's what I'm sipping on and getting right into our game for today. It's called Friendship Do's or Friendship Don'ts. Ooh, this is about to be a good one. It's going to be good. So first instances of Friendship Do's or Don'ts. Moving in together, what are your thoughts? In my personal experience, for me, it's been a friendship do. I moved in twice with friends who I was already friends with, and it's been nothing but a great experience. I feel that our friendship ended up growing. We became even closer. And I also had one roommate experience where I didn't know the girl. We were complete strangers. And then we ended up being really great friends afterwards. Oh, you're real strong and trustworthy. I I would not move in with a stranger. But, I mean, I know in certain instances, you have to do it. If you move away for, let's say, school or a job or you're in a new location and you just don't know anyone. So, I get that. Um, I'm not that strong enough to do that. But I have had a great situation uh, living with one of my besties who, uh, you know, it's... we just known each other for so long also since high school and we also lived together in college and then in real life and you know she was just such a great roommate i was like i could never live with another person you know who's a friend like it's just not going to be the same experience we have so many inside jokes and things that no one else would get it so i would not want to experience that with anyone else i'm glad that we have both had great experiences living with friends but i also know two really dear friends of mine who lived together for years and i just love them i love their friendship and unfortunately you know their their friendship ran its course and they are no longer friends and i do think that there are parts where you need to know when to step away and as you know i I tried to intervene a little bit it didn't help but I do hope that they can at least be friends in the future. Yes, definitely. There's always two sides to the moving in situation. Thankfully, we've had such great experience where that hasn't been our case. But we, like Trio already mentioned, we've seen how situations you go in as maybe kind of close, super close, and then things just unravel because moving in together with someone that is quite possibly one of the most intimate things that you could go through. Because when you live with someone, you see them for who they really are. And sometimes it works really, really great. And sometimes it's uh, see you never. And I know, I mean, just I helped you move from your last spot. And, you know, you were living with a really great friend of ours. You just left that girl, like, with nothing. 
that's the thing. You have so many appliances. I am like, what don't you have? I legit helped you move out the kitchen. And I was like, girl, did you rob her? What happened? Uh, for the record. You took everything. For the record. Everything. I took what I brought into the relationship. But that's why I was like, hold up, though. They, uh, and they had nothing. I would like to point out that our friend has since replaced all of the appliances with which I left. She did. She, she good. Did. But that was she a living lot. good. She living well. All right. And on to the next one. What about friendship do's and don'ts when you're lending money to one another? Just give it away. Don't expect to get it, get it back. I'd rather do it as a gift instead of a loan just because friends and money just never mix. It's a sure recipe for disaster. Now, there are certain friends that if I don't have it, I will go and try to rob a liquor store, knock over a bank to for you to get it. Like, I will literally give you the shirt off my back because I know you are going to return it with interest. Well paid. Like sewed up on the side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sewed up on the side. <laughs> okay. See, uh, I don't know. I just feel like money's really tricky. If it's not like, you know, some small thing or like if you're getting a gift, it's a gift. That shouldn't even the price should not, you know, be brought up. But if it's something where, you know, it's a large lump sum of money, then that's a whole different situation. Yep. If you're talking, you know, you need a down payment for, you know, a car, house, loan, etc. You know, friends are probably not the way to go because you just don't want if something goes bad, if something goes awry, you don't want money to be the part of why you aren't friends with someone. Exactly. And because, you know, we're all human. So if like a friend asks me for money. And they're like, oh, I'm going to get you back in a month. And then a month goes by, two mm-hmm. months go by, three months go by. You're like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I don't have it. But then when we go out to the restaurant, you order a lobster and steak and all this other stuff and spending money off the wazoo. And I'm like, um, I thought you said you had no money. So. Yeah, when you get in the premium liquor and you know you're supposed to pay somebody back, that's a major problem. But at the same time... Someone should never lend another person, regardless if it's a friend, associate, etc. Don't lend them something that you can't afford to give away. And we all know this. Exactly. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Don't lend anything that you can't afford to get back. And I will say, though, that there are some people that if they have like if they have the nerve or if they have the courage to say, hey, can you lend me so and so? It's because they really need it. Whereas you have some other people that's like, yo. Let me hold five dollars. That's because they're lazy. But the people that need it, of course, they'll they'll find a way to get it. Uh, but moving on to a touchier topic. What about talking to a friend about recent weight gain or loss? That's hard. What you doing? Unless they bring it up, you keep your mouth all the way shutty, shut, shut, shut. Agree, agree. I feel like it's so... I mean, if it's something where you feel like they're unhealthy regardless if it's too much weight gain or too much you know weight loss you definitely want to make sure you say it in the proper way mm-hmm. you'll make sure maybe there are other friends around so it's not like one-sided or maybe if it needs to be more intimate then you have that one-on-one conversation with them but it's always very very tricky so the way to go about it it really depends yes especially you know for lady friends as well because you know women our weight is constantly going up and down hormonal changes as we get older with the wind shift um and there are definitely coded ways that you can try and suss out what's going on so instead of being like oh hey i noticed that you uh gained 40 50 pounds recently you can say oh hi friend what's going on 
haven't caught up in a while. And then that can open up the conversation for something a little bit more substantial. Absolutely. Yeah, there's always a way to, you know, bring up a touchy subject with a friend. Yes, just don't walk up to them and say, hey, tubby. Or like, hey, you get fat over there. What's going on, girl? <laughs> so, if, like, for uh, those of us who come from Caribbean and West Indian families, y'all are probably already used to this because you know that's the number one thing people comment on when they haven't seen you in a while. But you know what I hate? is that in Caribbean families, you are like two years old and, and you are able to eat food. Mm-hmm. They throw so much food at you. Yeah, and, you, then and suddenly, you better not get up until you clean your plate. And, suddenly, and then they'll give you double. They're like, oh, you're too small. But then when you start to gain weight, they're like, but you're too big. I'm like, pick a lane because this shit is exhausting. Exactly. Moving on. Okay. Involving yourself in your friends' relationships. Friendship do or friendship don't, Tree? Mm, that one's touchy. I mean, it's great if a friend is with someone and they're really happy and they want to open up, you know, their relationship with you. It's great when your friends, you know, man or woman, whatever it is, wants to let their friends in on their relationship. I think that's great. But at the same time, there could be instances where they lean too much on their friend or their friend knows too much information. And then it's like, it's not a threesome going on here. You're in a relationship with that one person. Try to keep some stuff for yourself, especially when there are moments where, you know, you over tell too many things. Mm -hmm. You share too much with your friends. And then when their significant other comes around, then you're like, you slip up and you say something. Or maybe you just overstepped the boundaries and you're like, wait a minute, you weren't supposed to know that. Like, that was something between us. Exactly, huh? Why exactly. Why are you up in the business? And, you know, every, no one's naive to the fact that whatever goes on in your relationships, obviously people are going to have discussions about them with their friends. But you still want to remain some air of mystery. At the same time, you also need to understand that, like Tree mentioned, your relationship is your relationship. Once you start bringing every Tom, Dick, and Harry into it, too many chefs spoil the sauce. And what's going to happen is that your friends will now start forming opinions based on the things that you said. But then guess what? Whatever argument, rough patch that y'all went through, you will eventually get over it. And now y'all are blissful and happy and your friends are looking at you like, mm. Here we go again. That's the number one thing I hate. When somebody is in a shitty-ass, toxic relationship, regardless as to, you know, what the gender is, they're dating someone, and then they tell you how trash this person is. And you tell them what to do, how to get there, how to kick them to the next week into the curb, and then suddenly a day, a week, a month, a year later, they're back with them. And they said they were sorry. mm -hmm, And suddenly you're looking like the bad person and they don't trust you. And then Mm -hmm. when they end up getting married, because, you know, the sweet talker, the manipulative person always wins. When they end up staying together, getting married, you are going to be seen with a side eye because they don't trust you. Mm hmm. mm -hmm. You see, unlike the rest of the Dominican diaspora, I believe in minding your own damn business. See, but it's different when they put you in that business. That is true, too. Ask for that shit. I was I was over here frolicking in the fields. Yes, there are fields out here in Brooklyn. And then you brought me into this shit. Mm -hmm. I asked for that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. All right. So how about getting into business together, Tree? Friendship do or friendship don't? Well, I mean, all of my friends, we're good. We just got into business together. So I don't have a problem with that. But for another person who 
thinks it might be a good idea and you don't know if that person you might have shady business deals or ways and also you can know someone one way but to know them professionally is totally different Mm -hmm. like i know my friends but do i know how you are in the professional setting no but if do i know you truly your personality i'm like oh yeah yeah, i could vouch for you but there's some people that you just you just don't know and if you're feeling a little shaky on them i say don't do it yep i agree so like i think that within our own uh friend group because of the fact that we've known each other for so long and we literally see everything that each of us has done from the time that we were 14 to now we can say with, you know, a certain degree of honesty and confidence that we know who each of us is and we know who are the people that we can trust. But like, I would say that a regular degular friend, probably not, because if I don't know your credit score, I'm not getting into business with you. And getting into business with someone is just like getting married to someone starting a lifelong project with someone, you really need to know that that person is trustworthy. And that can really be one of those situations that can make or break any type of union. Absolutely. Trustworthy and willing to do the work and go the mileage. And run that credit. Run the credit. So what about giving a friend a used wig? (laughs) Yeah, the silence says it all. The silence says it all. I'd say, okay, it depends on the context. Like, If we're playing dress up one day, you know, we got a little few drinks in us and we're just acting silly. Okay, fine, whatever. But you mean like as a real legit gift? Well, Drew Sedora from Atlanta Housewives, she was at a gift exchange, holiday gift exchange, and she gave a used wig. But mind you, this was not just a regular, you know, Secret Santa type situation, white elephant, whatever they were playing. This was a $1,000 gift, and she gave a used wig that looked like I could have made that up with some used leftover cat dog hair for $5. Oh, that's tacky, because I saw shit from Tiffany's at that Christmas party. I saw Chanel. I think I saw some Gucci. I saw some, you know, gold-plated, encrusted, and diamond things. And for you to walk up in there with what you're calling a gag gift when the other women actually took their gifts seriously... Yeah, that was not the that was not the place, not the time. She was wrong for that. I love my girl Drew, but I don't want anything used from someone unless it can actually be used. I mean, a wig is is pretty different. Like that's yeah. not something I want to use from someone. So you mean to tell me that you expect me to put something on my scalp that has been worn by someone else and done got sweated through? The lace, the edges done turned up. The baby hairs ain't laid. But even if it wasn't, I mean, she tried to say that it was a $1,000 wig. But girl, bye. That was a duster. That was a $10 duster that like she got I from the dollar store. I could have went to the 99 Exactly. That 99 she went to the dollar store. It wasn't a dollar. They're going to give you a penny back. It was you're right. You're right. Store. You're right. Nah. That was not it. She was all the way wrong for that. And for me, that's a friendship don't. All right. And now for what the fuck news. What the fuck news. One of the officers, Sergeant Jonathan Martingley, involved in Breonna Taylor's murder, just secured a book deal. Houseway. Oh, Lord. Again, this is just another example of we take one step forward to take two steps back. Two? Yeah. Or 500. Uh, uh, 5,000. Okay. So... Not only are we dealing with the fact that we still have not gotten any sort of accountability, definitely, and no kind of justice for the tragic passing of Breonna Taylor, 
But now this man has the caucasity to try and publish a book titled The Fight for Truth, The Inside Story Behind the Breonna Taylor Tragedy. Like, how dare you? How You're pretty much using this woman's tragedy for which you were directly responsible for as a way for you to come up because why? Because you may have lost your job. You probably lost your pension, which I'm pretty sure is still up in the air right now. And meanwhile, Breonna Taylor's family is going to have to relive this. That's the real tragedy. But you know what I do? I love how he actually, they recognize that it's a tragedy. But it takes this long to actually get the officers thrown under the jail mm. and have them be accountable for what they did taking this this innocent woman's life. Yeah, I, I really don't understand. And try to make money off of it. I really don't understand anything about this. Like, what do you have to say about this story? Exactly. You were involved in it, and you were on the wrong side of the story. So we don't care what you have to say. And if you're really going to sit here as a white man with your white male privilege trying to justify the death of yet another black woman. Yet another. Come on. Like, and at least thank you, Simon & Schuster, because that was a publishing house that originally was going to publish the book has respectfully declined from doing so. They will not be distributing the book. But they should have never given him that offer to begin exactly. with. Exactly. So I don't think it's a thank you. It's like you came to your sentence, but it's too little too late. You are trash. Every story that's going to, you know, get in the limelight and, and get views or clicks or whatever is not the right one. Yeah, and it's like you said, uh, Simon & Schuster, you should have never said, okay, here, I'm going to give you money so that we can promote your platform with your privilege while this young girl's family and boyfriend who was present and watched her die still have to suffer through the real tragedy. And capitalize off of her mm. death. But the fact that this sergeant is still trying to shop the book around to other publishing publish housing like yeah uh, when are we gonna do better when probably not for a while if this is a type of crap that we still have to deal with tragic but moving on to the colorado district judge natalie chase she resigned after making racist remarks tell us about that so, again, we're dealing with someone whose entire job is supposed to be impartial. So, if you're sitting on the bench, your whole job is to be able to remove your own personal biases, your own personal leanings, and be able to make decisions that uh, that benefit the people that you are representing. So, judges represent the people, like society. So, this judge uh, has admitted to using several racist remarks she has been known for voicing her opinion on racial issues from the bench, which, again, not something you should be doing. But specifically, I one of the instances that has led to her resignation was the fact that she admitted having uh, using em- court employees to do personal errands for her, which, again, like, that's just a business no-no. You just, you can't have people that you work for, unless it's, like, your EA, your executive assistant, or, you know, your personal assistant, that that is their job. You shouldn't be having people who work for you doing your personal shit. Like, take care of your shit on your own time. This is the type of crap that I hate is, you know, people who work, you know, with the law, or dealing with the law in some sort of capacity, think that they are above the law. Just because mm-hmm. you are a judge doesn't mean that you can't 
you know, be faulted for the shit that you do. Now, Correct. it sucks that she was actually had to resign and, you know, didn't get fired. But, I mean, she did a lot more than what Sully mentioned. She even used the N-word multiple times in front of her court employees. But she said, is it okay if, you know, I use the N-word with an ER or A? Like, why can black people say it and white people can't say it? And this was in front of a black employee. But even if a black employee wasn't there... Why are you trying to decipher this? Why does it care? We know where this word stemmed from. The fact that people want to use it in their daily lingo or music or the fact that it had a completely different meaning, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago, that has nothing to do with why you're asking about it now in a way that shows, and not only are you uneducated, but you just don't care. Yeah, it's, I gotta say, it's really disgusting that you would even think that it's okay to have these types of conversations given the position that you have, you are a judge, which means that you not only should be doing better, you should 100% know better. So thank you for cutting that out and not having, and not letting us have to deal with that type of really biased judgment. Yes. And lastly, in this section, oh boy, oh boy, why? The Bachelor Matt James, you know, I was really excited that he was the Bachelor last season. He was the first Bachelor we'd ever had. And I felt like his season was pretty great. He had the most diversity we've ever seen on that show as far as contestants go, right? And he ended up choosing wrong. And he was fine. He, he is fine. He is fine, but he made the wrong choice because he chose the racist. And of course, before he even made his pick or actually before the, the show aired that finale section he made his choice and we all found out that she was racist racist rachel kirkconnell yeah and we've talked about racist rachel kirkconnell in previous episodes and we even you know gave matt his roses his flowers all his thing things for coming to his senses deciding to end the relationship because it did not serve him and she came out as an obvious racist and the former Bachelor host of Bachelor Nation even went under fire because mm-hmm. he because he supported her comments and he didn't he didn't act quickly enough to make a public statement on behalf of the show. Like you are the face of the Bachelor. So No, he supported her comments and he didn't see anything wrong with what she did. You know, going to a party when she was in college i mean she's in her early 20s so this is probably like three four years ago in 2018 i think so by the time you got to college you haven't read any books and they were partying on a plantation Mm. so he defended this he went under fire and now he had to step away from the bachelor nation but matt james came to the finale and he talked about how he couldn't forgive her and how she should you know learn about racism right and do better. Yeah. And in just a few short months, you mean to tell me that she's done better? And, yeah, because and now... And learned about 400 plus years of institutionalized racism? Because now, reportedly, they are back together. And I, I'm so disappointed in this. Mm. Because out of all the other women... I mean, clearly, you're not going to go back to any other women on the show because you, you played them, right? But you don't have to go back to this one person. There are so many other women and there was just so much hoopla around this that it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Make it make sense. Mm, It'd be your own people. Oh, damn. It'd be your own people. We have a new section for you listeners because sometimes what the fuck news just is too what the fuck. And we just want to give you guys some regular degular news. What kind of news? Regular degular. 
So not terrible, but you know, something that should still be talked about. All right. So in regular degular news, on Joe Budden's podcast not too long ago, he had on regular degular Kevin Samuels. And he's so regular. I was like, who the fuck is he? So I had to look him up. He's a life coach. But apparently he thinks he's important enough to rape women. Let's take a listen. I want to hear what he has to say <laughs> okay. about calling Sweetie a six. <laughs> An adjustable six, meaning she can go from cute to pretty. But see, when I judge women, I don't judge them. I judge women by the same metric. Uh, this is where people get into the old image consulting thing. I look at you, fresh face, no makeup, your natural state. And if you have ever seen her pictures, fresh face, natural state, she's a cute woman who can be pretty. But I don't think she's ever going to be considered to be beautiful or gorgeous. That does not mean she's bad. But there has to be a But what if she's already considered beautiful and gorgeous? But he's saying strip away all of the accessories and you get what you get. See, if you this is why when I use, when I talk about a scale, there's... First off, there are people who hate the whole notion. There's a scale or there's a Eurocentric standard of beauty. I'm like, look, Pam Greer. Go back to the 70s. Pam Greer is an eight. Yes. Jackie but, Kennedy. But she looks good. But, but the thing is, back then, you would have seen someone like Diane Carroll. She's up in that nine category. Dorothy Dandridge would have been up around that 10 area. There's always going to be levels to this. But what women today are saying is they're all 10s. And, and they don't believe great. that. They don't listen, believe that but this themselves. Is where, listen, man. it's PC. If I have a, if, if I because everybody got a platform today, and if on my platform I'm a woman and I got thirty million people, that if I say that wall is blue, they're gonna say the wall is blue with me. Then what the fuck do it matter what else is happening in the real world, right? Now here, this man goes saying that Sweetie is not just a six but that she's an adjustable six. And he even compared her to say, you know, women used to look better, way better back in the day. They don't need all this makeup. He talked about how great Diane Carroll looked, Pam Greer, Dorothy Dandridge, all amazing, iconic women. I'm not even going to get into the fact that all of them are light-skinned. That's a whole different story. But, you know, your preference is your preference. I don't understand why he felt the need to take on what Saweetie looks like and, and felt the need to to pretty much just tear her down. He was like, she looks okay. She looks good, but she, she'll never look beautiful or gorgeous. Who are you to rate anyone? If you're not dating them, if you're not sleeping with them, why do you care? And even if you are, it's still not okay. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, first of all, that's three minutes of my life I'm never going to get back. Um, second of all, what are we, what is this mean girls where we have a burn book and then we write down all of the imperfections that we don't like about the other person because we're so insecure with ourselves that the only way we can make ourselves feel better is by degrading someone else. And, and first of all, I'm going to need him to take a look in the mirror before he starts talking about who gets graded, what, when, and where. Yeah. But also like, even if he did look, you know, fine, what I would think is fine or not. I hate to say it because it's not so corny. Beauty is really in the eye of the beholder. Who cares what you look like or what the other person looks like? It just didn't make any sense why you were coming after her and saying these things in the first place. And then he talked about, well, you know, she wears too much makeup. Have you seen her without makeup? She looks completely different. I don't care. 
And what? that's pretty much everyone who wears makeup looks yeah. completely different. That's the whole fucking point of putting on makeup. Like, like, why should it matter? I love to put makeup on, but I also love myself without makeup. But if I choose to walk out the house and put something on or not, that's my choice. Why, why do you care? Yeah, especially now in this age, like, we just are now starting to pop out of the pendulum that was COVID for the last year. How about you start appreciating things for what they are and the days that we have? And I'm sorry, but you're a life coach and your idea of giving life coach advice is on grading women. Where'd you get your credentials from? Yeah, don't give me any advice, but I will, you know, give some clap claps to Joe Budden because he was actually on the right side Mm -hmm. of this conversation Mm -hmm. saying like, yo, like, why do you care? Sort of. So I'm happy that he kind of he didn't check him. But at least he was just kind of. At like, least he didn't go you, along. You're going with it. too far with this. I agree. I agree. So good. Good for you, Joe. Good for you. And now you know we're from New York, and apparently New York is getting extra crazy because what's going down in a few months? So as of right now, starting July first, New York will be one hundred percent open. Wait, did you say one? One hundred. That don't even make no sense. How? 100% open. Bars, beaches, restaurants, movie theaters, malls, stores. Fake, fake asses, fake hair? The subway. Fake asses, fake hair, fake tits. So we just going to act like last year just didn't happen and we just going to jump right back into the cesspool that is the world? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this. New York may be open July 1st and my birthday is July 4th, but guess what? I'm still acting like it's a whole panorama Let out me here. go find you inside. Yeah. We partying inside? Yeah, everyone's right. like, we outside. I was like, no, I'm going to be inside drinking my tequila. And I know recently they just said, you know, people who are vaccinated can stop wearing the mask. I don't trust anybody. I know what I've been doing. I'm not going to trust you or you or you or you or you. Like, people are just going to stop wearing the mask. Basically, the nation, the world is going to start acting like Georgia and Florida. And real talk, I've been on the New York City subway system. We should have been wearing masks all along. That part. But not even the dirty subways, like just the streets in general. Mm. I mean, depending on what block you walk down, what neighborhood you in, a breeze can just bring on the filth. Yeah. And, you know, that means we are about to start seeing uh, women on the train putting their makeup back on on the train. Can you? Oh, my God. I think about that all the time. Terrible. I used to see women putting on like their eyeshadow and sticking their fingers in their eyeballs. And I'm like, girl, do you know how many points of contact you had between your your front door and the train that you're sitting on? Good luck with that pink guy. But you know what? That's the beauty of New York, unfortunately. Now, we really want to give a shout out to... Our segment narrator, Donovan, and our photographer, Tyler, also known as Selly's Guzbins. Yes, we are so blessed and lucky to have these two very special individuals in our lives who really put in all of the effort and work to make sure that our audio pops, to make sure that our pictures on our website are popping, all that good lighting, girl. Thank you so much. We really could not do this, and they are a shining example of how it really be your own people in the good way. Period. Pooh. And it's on periods. And now it's time for Hashtag We Winning. Baby, we winning. So for today, it's so amazing that we would like to highlight clothing lines, FUBU, not the FUBU that we all grew up with, but 
clothing lines for us by us treva tell us what that is I love to see it and I'm so glad that we have so many people of color creating their own clothing lines and bringing it to mainstream fashion. So first we have Nina Parker with her plus size clothing line at Macy's. It's called the Nina Parker Collection and it's the department store's first ever black owned clothing line made specifically for plus sized women. Mmm, claps all around, claps all around. And, you know, I'm really excited about this because I've seen Nina Parker um, on the Love and Hip Hop reunions, and she always looks really cute. And it's really hard to find cute clothing for plus-size women. So thanks, Nina, for looking out for the big girls. Yes, and she moved on from the Love and Hip Hop reunions, and now she's on E! She has a daily show, and she's on the red carpets. So she's doing her thing, and she always looks great do it girl do it i can't wait to see the patterns moving on to another clothing line for us by us two twin brothers from new york have a clothing line in nordstrom called brownstone oh that sounds fancy it does i like it so the Watkins brothers themselves um, were able to catch the attention of a lot of famous f- celebrities like, like who? Uh, lebron really yep king james himself chris paul daniel kaluuya Tyroid Taylor, and um, they've been actually wearing their clothes all up and down the red carpet, doing events, walking around town. So the brothers have already gotten a lot of airplay. I like the way this sounds, and I love that there are a lot of celebs wearing their clothes and just putting them on the map. And this is also a part of Nordstrom's launch to be a part of the luxury department's chain called Concept 12 Black Space. It's an initiative to celebrate black creativity in fashion curated by five renowned black artists. So, I mean, I think this is great. I'm just sort of a Mm. little annoyed that all of these brands are suddenly like, oh, yay, let's get on the black bandwagon. Let's find some black people who've been doing great things and have been creative all along. But now let's put them in our stores. Like, we've been great regardless if you recognize us or not. And again, hats off to these twin brothers, the Watkins brothers. I'm just like, Nordstrom's and everybody else. Okay. This is screaming a little bit get out-ish to me, but you know what? As long as we are promoting black and brown culture and people are getting their things. And now on to Simone Biles. She left Nike for what? Athleta. Oh, really? Yeah. So she said that she felt that Nike wasn't really celebrating her achievements, um, that everything that she stood for and how they were going to help her use her voice um, wasn't really working out for her at Nike. But she felt that Athleta was definitely moving in the right direction. And one of the things that I really appreciate about this is that she was willing to leave such a huge multi-billion dollar company like Nike for something that is smaller, not as well known, but that she knew that she could be herself and would be true to her brand. And that honestly is something that is so completely refreshing. I love the fact that she always stands up for herself and who she is. And all the snaps, all the claps go out to you, girl, for doing you and keeping true to yourself. Yes, and I love that she believes in herself so much so that she's like, you know what? I don't feel appreciated here. I'm going to leave and I know I'm great. So I'm going to find another deal. It may not be as great or maybe it is, 
But you know what? There's something better out there. And I feel like this is a real true inspiration to all the people who sometimes feel like, well, let me just stay here because it's comfortable because I don't know if I'm good enough that someone else would want me, whether it's like, you know, job, relationships, whatever. This is a true testament to believe in yourself and leave them bitches because there's something better coming. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I might just buy a couple pieces. And usually I don't believe in buying workout clothing uh, that costs more than $10. But for you, girl, I'll do it support her clothing line and lastly in this section there is a young 22 year old black man who created an app to fix your credit what's his name Ooh, baby michael broughton is the ceo and co-founder wait 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 wait. he's the what ceo Mm, i like that chief executive officer you know what if he wasn't 10 years my junior i'd say that even sounds sexy but uh but yeah listen it's legal you're right you're right that is legal so he is the ceo and co-founder of purge credit uh, which is a free mobile app that allows you to use common expenses like rent hulu payments that i also make the payments on to help you build your credit so uh while he was living he grew up in okinawa japan uh as a military brat so definitely moving around seeing uh all these different aspects so he understood firsthand um what it's like to have to juggle all of these different concepts so the fact that first generation college grad straight out of straight out of college and the first thing he does is creates a financial app to help build credit because you know they don't talk to us about that shit in high school or college really they don't but i'm glad that he grew up in a different country and he went to college in you know the u.s he went to usc and it was based off of his actual experience going through it himself and that's how a lot of really great businesses especially for people of color you don't find something that meets your needs and something that you need and that's when you're like you know what i'm tired of trying to like use two three different brands to try to do what i'm trying to get at Mm -hmm. so let me create it myself so i'm glad that he did it and this app is called perch credit and i'm really hoping that you know no one else feels the frustration that he did but i'm glad that someone so young is like you know what i'm gonna do the damn thing and help everybody else out there i figured it out so now let me put you on yeah so while you're out there supporting all of the new black clothing lines you can also build your credit build that credit Mm mm-hmm Period. And now for this section of good reads and watches. Check this out. There is a movie coming out later on this summer in The Heights from Lin-Manuel Miranda, and it's starring Anthony Ramos. It's a great Dominican tale. Tell us about it, Sally. Yeah, so this is actually the movie adaptation of the musical that took Broadway by storm just a few years ago. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda also wrote the uh, the lyrics, the music, the storyline. And when I saw it for the first time on Broadway, it was honestly, it was so breathtaking. Um, I really love the way that he talks about what it's like coming from a Dominican family, being born in the Dominican Republic, the fact that his parents called him usnavi because they saw uh, printed on the side of the boat u.s navy which is actually a very dominican thing to do um and it's just following the story of how lin-manuel miranda's character grows up running the bodega everyone living in new york city knows what the bodegas are if you don't know what a bodega is you got some issues yeah and if you live in new york city you know what a bodega is and you also know what a bodega cat is 
hate them cats. <laughs> Everywhere you go, the bodega cat is just there. It's they like be, the owner, like the shopkeeper. They be waiting for me to look at them. I'm like, nope, no eye contact. But I'm really excited about this. I did not see the Broadway play, but it looks so good. The trailers are amazing. And I'm a sucker for a good musical, whether it's on Broadway or in the movies. Yeah, and it's definitely a good thing to watch about just growing up, being Caribbean, living in New York City, Harlem, up in Washington Heights. Because everyone who's from New York City also knows that Washington Heights is basically little Dominican Republic. It's also just good Dominican pride, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. showing in a great in a great light. Exactly. All right, and moving on to Michael B. Jordan's new film coming out this spring. What's it called? Without remorse. Um, the trailer looks really good, but you know, Michael B. Jordan has really get, been getting typecasted into um certain kinds of uh kind of psycho roles. Yeah, yeah, he looked a little crazy. I, I saw the trailer for this and I was like, hmm, okay, I might wait till you They're know doing him like Michael Eaton. I I might wait until it comes out, you know, a few after a few months that it comes out later. Just to see for free. Because I was like, I like Michael B. Jordan, but I, I don't know if I'm paying for this. Well, girl, if it's coming out on Prime, you can't see it for free. Oh. Through my account. You know what? I'm still in the mindset of thinking about movies, <laughs> even though you can see the movies in Being out in the theaters. And I, I'm sorry, but I don't see myself going back to movie theaters when I can watch that shit, like, with a click of a button right on my laptop phone, whatever, TV. So, either way, I'm still not watching it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I don't want to see it. But he looks good. Maybe I'll watch for the snippets of where they show him shirtless and stuff and all oiled up. Girl, look at a picture. Save your time. Yeah, but I like to watch it in motion. All right, you do that. Next, we have a book coming out from none other than Little Kim Queen B. What's that called? So it's called Little Kim, Queen Bee, and it's a memoir. It's coming out this fall. And, you know, it's supposed to be talking about her life, you know, prior to Junior Mafia, how she grew up. You know, she's from Brooklyn. We also want to know, I mean, we do know about her and Biggie and, you know, the whole faith situation. But she also has a daughter. We She's supposed to be talking about, uh, I guess, her plastic surgery because we definitely want to know about that. And her, mm. the father of her child. So there's a lot happening there. And I really want to know, like, what was going on in her head to make her think that she wasn't good enough or looked cute enough. Because the way she looks now is it's just heartbreaking. So my question is, for the book jacket, right? Which Lil' Kim are we going to see? Like, because the Lil' Kim that I grew up with looks nothing like the Lil' Kim that the uh, Zennials are going up with. Yeah, and I, I again, I don't understand what was going on in her mind to to make her think that she needed to change herself but it might be a psychological who knows hopefully we get to read that in the book but also i mean she was the true like this is me right i am she mm-hmm. take me as i am mm-hmm. female rapper that all the other female rappers are now sort of emulating but she did it first and there wasn't as much, you know, praise and social media and et cetera back then. So she right. was that true, true, true female rapper who didn't give a fuck. Correct. Was as nasty as they come. And she was like, yo, this is who I am. Take me. Take, Take me as I am. Mm-hmm. 
take it or leave it. And honestly, I'm definitely putting that on my book list because I want to know. You let me know what it's like. I don't know if I'm going to read it. You let me know. I'll give you the Spark Notes version. There you go. Sad blackity black ass truth. On today's segment of Sad Blackity Black Ass Truth, unfortunately, we are going to be discussing what happens when our white counterparts refuse to address us by the titles that we have worked, but also very hard to achieve. Treva, the stories always just piss you off right to the point where you're like, why does this always happen? And can I slap a bitch? Is Wayne Brady gonna have to choke a bitch? Mm. In this case, a member of the zoning commission, um, as part of the city council members in North Carolina, he refused to address one of the residents by her actual title. And if Mrs. Rosario has something about one of it's those, it's Dr. Rosario. Thank you. Sir. If Mrs. Rosario has something Do- about Dr. One Rosario. Of- well, you know, I, I'm sorry. Your name okay. says on here, Carrie Rosario. Hey, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Dr. You Rosario. Got, you got something I would call you Tony, me. so please, sir, uh, yeah. call me as I would like to be called. That's how I'm identifying. It, it doesn't really matter. We're here it to matters to me. Voting. It matters to me. I, and I'm, out of I'm, respect, I'm I would like you to call me by the name that I'm asking you to call me by. Thank you. Your screen says Carrie Rosario. I'm verbalizing my name is Dr. Carrie Rosario. And it really speaks very negatively of you as a commissioner to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you're, you're, you're. He is white. She is black. And her name is Dr. Carrie Rosario. She said not once, not twice, not three times, multiple times what she should be called. And he said your name on the screen because this was being recorded is carrie rosario so i'm gonna call you carrie and she said multiple times my name is dr rosario you are being disrespectful to not call me by my title i'm asking you to call me doctor and he refused to and basically just glazed over the issue it's a problem what are your thoughts the thing that pissed me off the most because this is actually something that i deal with all the time is the fact that in the in the clip you can hear him initially refer to her as mrs rosario and he said it twice she corrected him and then he then proceeded to uh, refer to her by her first name and this is something that happens to me in my position all the time where students when you're a woman, they will automatically refer to you as they'll send me emails saying, oh, hi, Mrs. Duran, even though in my signature, I always very clearly respond with Professor Duran. Like, no, I'm not a Mrs. One. I'm very single and unattached. You're making an assumption about me and what my life is like. And three, call me by my title. Like, I am Professor. I'm not Mrs. I'm not Miss. I am professor. And this is exactly what uh, Carrie was going through where she told him uh, my title is Dr. Rosario. And then he wants to come back and say, oh, but on your screen, it says Carrie Rosario is like, yeah, you dumb piece of shit, because it's a Zoom call. And the Zoom call is going to show up with the name that's attached to my Zoom account. And I'm not going to be so brazen that I'm just going to have Dr. Carrie Rosario as my email because then I'm just being pretentious. Yeah. Many points with what you said. First of all, one, uh, yes, let them know that you're single, you know, so you want to find a good one out there. So call you by your name. Second, if someone tells you what to call them, 
I mean, if it's not something abrasive or crazy or outlandish, call someone what they want to be called, especially like when you're at a job or you're in a professional setting or just meeting someone at a meet and greet. If you say my name is so-and-so, but I prefer to be called this, fucking do that. Like, I I don't see what the problem is. And then three, yeah, if you're a doctor and you want to put on your Zoom screen doctor this or or not, or or you don't want to seem brazen, that's fine. But just because the name says something and you want to read that, you were being rude. She told you multiple times what to call her. And you just had a problem with the fact that, you know, she was young. She was a female. She was attractive. She knows what the fuck she's doing. And she told you in a polite way what to call her. You couldn't accept that. Yeah, and I do appreciate that she stood her ground because in so many instances, we can just let things go because we don't want to make a scene or we don't want to start any problems. But guess what? If you have the ability to acknowledge my male counterparts or my non-POC counterparts by the titles that they have also worked for, I'm going to need you to keep that same energy and do that with me because I didn't get my degree from the toilet store. And that's that on that. And now on to Reality TV Roundup Celeb News. Celeb News Reality Roundup. So, beloved, (laughs) it is Ayanla's Fix My Life. It's her final season on OWN. And you know, it ain't a real show until you get some beloved, baby. Mm. What you think about that? Tell me about it. So I was listening to her interview on Breakfast Club where... They were talking about, they did mention her um, episode with DMX. They mentioned the work that she's done with some of uh, the more obscure celebrities. But overall, they were talking about the fact that this is not going to be the final season of Ayanla Fix My Life after 14 seasons. And how do you know? 14? Yeah, 14. This is the 14th season. She's been doing this for 14 years. Watch out, beloved. I know, right? And I'm wait, but who's gonna be giving us the beloveds now? Whose life, girl? You can't leave now. All these people need their lives to be fixed. You got uh, Kim and Kanye going through a divorce. You got you know people going through all these kinds of issues during the pandemic. Yes, but in all fairness, I mean, how many people did she really help? Exactly. But my favorite part <laughs> from her, I'm gonna miss those sound bites from her. My my favorite clip from her is. But beloved baby, does it see you? But you, beloved. She got that like real deep. That was really good. I, I thought it, I felt it. I she, felt it. She got now. that Viola Davis deep voice going in. Yeah. The snot nose cry. Yes. I'll be feeling when she said beloved. I'm like, oh, I hadn't heard that in like a hundred years. Mind yeah. you, I'm all a 30 something. But But she said, you know, you know when it's time to go and it's time to walk away. And I guess after 14 summers of not knowing a beach, if it bit her on the butt, it's time for her to relax. That's what she said on the breakfast cut. Well, I look forward to her relaxing. Beloved baby, we will miss you. Mm -hmm. But now moving on to who wants to date Kanye. So, Ayanla, before you say, like, bye-bye, maybe you need to fix one final life. No, no, no. She can't be fixed. Let's be real. She cannot be fixed. She's a mess. So the mess mess that we're talking about is none other than Miss Azalea Banks, who was all over the socials. You mean Messy Banks. Azalea Messy Banks was all over the socials, beat thirst trapping, wanting everyone to know that she really, really, really wants to date Kanye. See, that's just so rude. And it's low when you're talking about somebody that you want to get down with, date, talk to. And they ain't even divorced yet. They're not even divorced, but even like... 
right after divorce is still rude. Like, you just got to give some time. But also, your people can maybe connect with his people. But your people and his people are on two different levels. So I don't even know if his people would answer your people's calls. But what I'm saying is, it's rude. Who does that? To put it out there in the public, it's not cute. She probably just wants to boil him along with her cat carcass. But you know what? One person that it did work out for hollering at somebody in the public was um, homegirl from Modern Family. What's her name with the accent? Love her. Um, Sofia Vergara. Sofia Vergara. Oh, yeah. She's her married to Joe Mangelo. And he mm. mine is all hell. But he put it out there in the hemisphere in some interview. He was he like, did. I would love to go out with her. I would love to date her. And guess what? They are not happily married for however many years. And they are just one sexy couple. They're the yes. type of couple like, why you look so good? And she responded. Damn. She responded to his post saying, so why don't you ask? But they are cute. So, I mean, sometimes it could work out when you want to put it out there like, hey, I'm interested in you. But this, you're, you're just I mean, messy, Azalea. I so it. I don't want it to happen. Like you and Kanye are two people that just all yeah, crazy. No. So you even no. dating just doesn't make sense. That's a match made in hell. Like I get trying to shoot your shot, but look, come on. We don't need the apocalypse. Like we're just now starting to like slowly get ourselves out of one global pandemic please do not create another one by getting with this man no 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 and now for our favorite part you know we love some housewives and guess what new york housewives they're coming back yes i can't wait because they so messy they're messy but also after i don't know 13 14 however many seasons they now just realize oh wait a minute hold up this is Housewives Aware. New York And they just City. decided that they need to have a black housewife. Just realize this. So did black people just land in New York? Apparently New York is just waiting around. Mm. And uh, they just realized, oh, wait a minute. We need some diversity in the most diverse city ever. I mean, this was they, they started with Leah. So she created the gateway by bridging that. But I mean, Leah's cool and all, but she's, she's not a person of color. And she's great. But they have, you know, invited Ebony K. Williams. She is the latest, newest housewife. And, and not just a regular, regular housewife. She's smart. Mm, accomplished. Yes. A lawyer. Super, super smart. She actually started college at 16 because mm-hmm. she's that smart. Yeah, she actually has her own podcast, too. They talk about all these social issues, but from the legal side. Yes, and she's also on a show called For the Culture. Or yes, For the, People for the Culture. Joe Budden and, you know, Remy Ma, and that's on Revolt. So she's doing many things, and she even says she brings these, you know, prissy New York housewives. Uptown. Uptown. So none other than Harlem, because like, how are you going to have a show for multiple years, double digit years in New York City and never have been in certain places where you still trying yes. to be like all posh? No. Exactly. And you know, um, the heifers would always talk about like, oh, I don't go below Lincoln Center or I don't go uptown. Well, they about to find out this season. And also she's bringing in, you know, her cultural commentary she's even wearing a black hoodie with the names of the exonerated five in the trailer that they show so i'm really excited for it i want to see how she meshes or doesn't mesh with crazy crazy ass ramona Mm. because ramona can't get along with anyone no and she's 
extremely culturally tone deaf. Actually, not even culturally tone deaf. She just deaf deaf. She don't know shit about shit. And I'm so excited that Leah and Ebony are going to be there gathering all her edges. Yes. Does and she have edges? I don't know. Oh. Well, we about to mind out. Yeah. But now the Beverly Hills trailer also dropped and that is soon to be premiering again. Now, you know, they decided to add Garcelle Bouvet just last, last year. season because again oh people of color are they just popping up apparently so did people of color just move to beverly hills just moved to beverly okay. hills because garcelle joined last season and now this season they have asian american um crystal kong minkoff who's married to robert minkoff who is known for uh disney hits such as the lion king and also Stuart little so this is going to be a very interesting mix of ladies because we still have the regular crazies. So Lisa Rinna. Yes. She'll and, probably and, be and dancing Lisa's on the tabletops. Lisa's what, like 19, 20 year old daughters currently dating. Mm, I forgot about that. Scott Disick. Scott Disick. Lord. Lord Scott Disick. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Who is about, I don't know, 15, 20 years her senior with three children. With a former, with a Kardashian. I mean, that's messy in and of its own. But Crystal, she comes in a little hot. She gets into uh, a little argument with Sutton. Good, because she boring. Who rightfully deserves it because everything about Sutton is just like, yes. get out of here. But I am really interested in seeing Erica Jane's messy divorce. Her old decrepit husband is... Not decrepit. He is. He's still making some oh, money, but Lord. apparently he was... Apparently he was making the money and stealing it. Come on, when you see him, do you not think like if she breathes too hard, he's gonna blow away? Well, you know, Garcelle did ask her, "How is it how that is she has sex?" No, she said, "How do you have sex?" She no, didn't she, say, "How is the she sex?" She said, "How is the sex?" Because they clearly don't have any. And guess what? Erica Jane did not answer the question, so that means that she pled the fifth on that one. It was a business relationship, at least for a minute, and they've been married for a couple of decades. So I, I, I tip my hat to them. They they lasted this long, but right now I need to see this divorce because it's ultra messy, and yes. I want to know who. Who's gonna pay for Erica Jane's? What is it? Twenty thousand dollars a month for her? I thought it was. Glam? I thought it was seventy thousand dollars a month. I don't know, but that's some. I'm shit. pretty sure it was seventy k a month just for like hair, makeup, total glam squad, no. and she also has her uh, choreography team uh, travel listen, with her everywhere she listen, goes. Listen, listen, listen. For that much money, you better like sex. When you walking down, I better see the letters S E X, not even a person, because what the fuck are you spending that much money on? For real, that's crazy. Like, oh, oh, she's getting them real thousand dollar wigs, not the dollar store wig she's that Erica drew. Real wigs. And, uh, yep. not, uh, drew Sedora, maybe you want to take a book or a page. No, she can't. Af- she book. can't afford to rent that book. She can't even afford oh, to rent it. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're so right. no, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. And moving on to. Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion. The finale and the reunion. So, again, this is where Drew dropped this crazy, matted-looking wig. I needed an ice cube for all that piping hot tea. And in the reunion, I don't know how many times I can say I'm disappointed in Kenya because Kenya just can never own up to anything that she does, and she's wrong, and she's just a a female-hating woman. She's a hater-ass bitch, and she knows it. She loves to hate on women. Mm-hmm. She can't uplift them unless their friendship, you know, she's seen as the superior one. That's the only time she's actually a decent friend to someone is when she thinks she's better than them. And even when she is a decent friend, she's still out here sabotaging people because she almost ruined Cynthia's proposal. 
She's out here talking all kinds of mess, discrediting Portia for all of the great civil rights work that she's doing. Just that she's only doing it for the cameras. Portia did not invite her to, to her PSA. But guess what? If Portia's doing something really important and really great that's really going to change people's lives, if she doesn't fuck with you, why would she invite you to this? She doesn't want any drama. She wants to focus on the good work that exactly. she's about to do. Exactly. Like, if I'm working on a project that I am pouring my heart and soul into... Let me go and invite someone I don't care about. Exactly. Or worse, someone who has gone on all the social medias, has been known to, in public, claim that I'm not doing things for the right reason. Just trash talk. Yeah. So why would I want that negative trash energy in my space while I'm trying to do my work? Like, why? I'm trying to put good vibes out into the world, not have to deal with your toxic bullshit for my good stuff. So I'm looking forward to the ending of this reunion, but it started off real spicy. They're dressed up in all black and leather for the dungeon-esque theme. Mm-hmm. And Candy's hair is looking a little cute. She lost some weight. She's trying to get her figure in. I'm like, okay, you go ahead, girl. Yep, they had the bolo outfit right there on display with his fake oh, Chanel. No. And into For a second, I thought they were going to have bolo there. That would be too much. Andy would faint. Yeah, and I don't think he has enough chairs, you know, for bolo and his dang thing. And in the challenge, we finally got to see who the winner was after a crazy final challenge. It was a good-ass challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that finale challenge was last season. Trash. But this season, I, I mean, I think about everybody who knows me knows I want to desperately be on the challenge and compete. Because I'll beat all these bitches' asses. But that challenge looks so hard. Heart, girl, before I can compete, I got to learn how to swim. I got to get over I mean, my fear of heights. So do I. I need to learn how to swim, too. But listen, I already jumped out of a plane. I already, like, you know, I run. I do all the other things. Swimming is here nor there. I could just wear life best, figure it out. But, yeah, that challenge was crazy. And the best part, the part that I love the most about it was the fact that TJ was laughing so hard because he knew the shit was wild. Because this is what he does. It was really puzzle heavy this season, too, the finale. Yeah, it was super puzzle heavy. I think that's something that I would need to work on before I go on. But I am happy that my main man, CT, is a winner once again. I don't even know how many wins he has under his belt. but This is his fourth challenge win. Fourth challenge Mm -hmm. win? Damn. I would have I would have thought it was a lot more than that. But him, he's made it to a lot more finals, but this is like his first mm. first his fourth first place finish. Okay. So him and newbie, whose first season it is, Amber B, they walked away with four hundred thousand each. Yo, That's that a lot of rugby money. player, she really pulled that shit out. That was such, I was very impressed. They were a great team. I was very happy about them being together. And you know what? I was mad at CT because I was still pissed at the way he played Big T. Yeah, he was rude as fuck. But you know what? In the reunion, he did apologize to her tremendously. And I think that they are... That was a very sweet apology. I think their friendship is so cute. I know. It's so sweet. And it's so genuine and innocent. Yeah. You know, their friendship reminds me of how CT used to be when um, DM was when still DM alive. When DM was alive. Because DM made him like a soft yep. little puppy. She was the only one who could tame him. Yeah. And without her, he was just like a crazy angry mm-hmm. little... Using little... people's backpacks and shit. He was a rabid dog. You know? Yep. But now he's back to being just kind of mellow. He's like, you know, I'm going to stay in the cut and I'm just going to wait until I make it to the final and just just kill it. So I was glad that he won. And you know what? I was also happy that Corey and Cam 
they came, came in, in second. second. Yes. I mean, I feel bad that Leroy left his nah. final challenge with no money, but like I this don't. is this is the best he's performed out of any single yeah. challenge, which I was I was honestly just happy to see him improve and actually put those popcorn muscles to good use. I am just happy for everybody black all the time on the challenge because many of us would not make it to the final, but we had three black finalists and, you know, one came in first place, one came in second place, one came in third place. So the fact that you even made it to the final, if you didn't win any money, that's on you, Leroy. You can't keep, just because you mm-hmm. say this is your last, last season, season does not mean that you're actually going to win and you did perform the best, but your fuck up was choosing Nani because none is trash we all know this and then the thing that i also really liked as well is the fact that all the women that were left standing were women of color yes so that part part. mm, mm, mm. thank you for that and but i think i was not only was i really happy to see ct win but i was really happy to see fessy not win because that's what you get for being a jerk and an asshole and rude and just a little baby bitch. Yeah, Fessy is like a major dick. He's just like a big capital D. Mm-hmm. So, and this is only his second season. Like, he's coming in too strong and too hot and thinking that he's top notch just because of his height. Just because you're like, well, he's a over big dude. six three, six four, whatever does not mean that you will perform well at everything. And any partner that mm-hmm. you have doesn't mean that they need to match what you do. You need to be a better person to everyone you're partnered with or else you're going down. You're not going to see another final if you keep acting this way. He's a quitter and a faker. And um, I really don't appreciate the fact that it's always everybody else's fault but Fessy's. Oh, I can't perform because my partner this. I can't perform because my partner never came to get me. Oh, my partner blew her knee out. So why would I Why would I eat this nasty, rancid-ass food knowing that I'm going to get DQ'd anyway? That shit really pissed me off. And honestly, if Casey is still willing to work with him in the future after that bullshit he pulled... She ain't no better than him. But I'm more pissed at the fact that we found out that this hatred that Devin and Josh have is fake. fake. Because how do you have this much, you know, you hate him so much, but y'all went on vacation together and y'all buddy, buddy, but like playing human sized chess together. It's all for show. It's all for TV. That's some bullshit. And I actually like Devin because he is so diabolical and he just says the funniest shit. Like he can make fun of himself. But he can also say the shit that's true and just want to mess up the whole house, mess up all the alliances. Yes, Devin is the true definition of a dilly gaff. Absolutely. And there's also Tori. It was so weird to see, like, knowing that Tori and her ex-fiance, who was a former challenge competitor. Who proposed to her on the show. Who proposed her on the show. They're no longer together. And to find out that, you know, someone in the house, Fessy, had a crush on her and they were kind of continuing this like flirtatious relationship and they even went on vacation together Mm. but apparently nothing happened and they're just gonna be good friends sure you say that now because your fiance is still you know watching licking his wounds in another season or two trust me you will be all over and under and on all the sides of fessy yeah just like how cam and leroy uh were only meant to be friends 
yet somehow are now the loves of each other's lives. They are so cute, though. I love seeing them. That's some yes. children I love. And I love that they wanted each other to win more than they wanted themselves, themselves to, win. to win. And, you know, she came in second, so she left with a cool, nice 50000 And he came in third, so he left with nothing. But you know what? He left with the better prize. He left with his woman. Mm-hmm. And they live together. They're doing a damn thing in Texas. So I am so happy for them extremely happy for them and hopefully nani stays the fuck out of their relationship because she's clearly in love with her quote-unquote friend yeah nani's some that's some weird shit them tears who cries over a man like that That, the only the only time i've ever cried over a man like that is are the men who i've actually been in love with yeah they're gonna need to figure that out and you know not invite nani to any of their events Mm. but moving on to married at first sight well, we're nearing the finale of Married at First Sight, and the couples will now have to decide whether or not they will remain married or if they going to cut it. 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 But I realized that, you know, in our previous episode, we talked about some toxic shit in relationships. I realized that I like watching some toxic shit. Oh, I definitely enjoy it. And to be clear, I like watching other people's toxic shit yeah but what does that say about us that we messy and that's why we have a show talking about messy shit you're right you're right you're right so whenever they're not showing chris and Paige because they're the highlight of the season because their relationship is just the worst thing that you can ever possibly think of when they don't show them which they haven't done in the past few episodes that shit got boring is bore bore i was like honestly i stopped watching I I stopped watching. I just get the spark notes from you. Like, each episode is two hours. Like, you cannot waste those two hours on nonsense. Like, I need to fast forward. Like, come on, come on. What's the good parts? Because don't get me wrong. I was definitely one of those people that I was like, oh, my God, you need to get Chris off the show. He's playing this girl. Yeah. making it look dumb. But now that they're off the show, I go, oh, wait. Yeah. uh, Lifetime actually listened to us and listened to our comments. It was like, oh, you know what? People are mad that we've been showing Chris constantly playing Paige. So, let's just keep them out of here yeah but not nah, let me be mad yeah i now i realize i'm like wait a minute they are the highlights of the show and without them it's completely trash yeah but you know what is something else i noticed i'm sure you saw it too oh is ryan's big ass booty the booty 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 everywhere booty 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 ryan everywhere booty 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 ryan everywhere yes that ass was so big I said, what is this dude smuggling up in there? He got two watermelons Tree, in I each told cheek. you, that's a CrossFit booty. Nah, that's more than a CrossFit booty. Because, you know, Ryan is, his whole thing in the show is that he is denying his wife sex. That is his thing. So maybe all of that, you know, pent up frustration is, is going in the booty. If we marry and you denying me my conjugal right as your wife guess what we better not be married no more but no 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 let's be real you're talking about regular marriage these people met their spouse at the altar that's the whole point of the show okay well that's married what they signed up for at first sight yes they, they signed up for it but see the, it's my, not married it's married but married at first sight so the issue that i have is Paige and ryan's wife i forget her name right now but they both are more into the idea of actually being married than who they're married to they want to hold on to the marriage but it's like 
come on you just met this person a couple of days ago yeah Page no i so i understand to wanting to be yeah. married that you like willing to get over the fact that this dude that you've met to for like two days at the time told you he's not attracted to you he has uh an ex-fiance from like what two three months ago and guess what who's oh, pregnant um she's now having my child so you just wanted to look over that because you want to say oh my husband is my husband that and ryan's wife she wants so desperately to have sex with him that she's like oh he's not saying that he loves me and he's not having sex with me but you the whole process the like whole girl show, y'all just met six weeks the ago the whole show is six weeks so if he's not willing to have sex with you one week two week three week i mean that's kind of normal and six weeks that's kind of normal if you want to hit it on the first night or on the six week week night it's all fine but you're getting a little crazy. I think she, she needs to calm that ass down because I currently have food in my freezer that's way older than their whole relationship. And that's a problem for you. It's in the freezer. But it's also, okay, so you didn't say that though. I was like, it's in the freezer. Oh, all right. But the major problem is that she is so in love with the idea of being married. Like she even calls her relationship a perfect 10. She, oh my God, I did watch that episode where they were checking in with Pastor Cal and Pastor Cal was like, if you could rate your marriage, he's like, oh yeah, everything's perfect. It's a 10. He goes, you are living and married to a complete stranger and you expect me to believe that it's a perfect 10. Girl, get the F out of here with that bull. She's so involved in wanting to be married that she's overlooking everything that's normal. And you people do she's this in love with people love. do this every single day, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, cool. But at the same time, you look stupid. I think the problem with her is that she's in love with the idea of love, but not the actual person who's behind it. Of course. It could have been anyone. They could have gave her a cardboard box and she would be like, I love you. Why won't you have sex with me? Oh my god, not a cardboard box. That's a cardboard box, girl. That's saying a lot. She is a lot. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.